Hi, I'm Morgan. I'm Odette. And I'm Madeline. And, and we, we love Christian fiction. fiction. We love it so much that we wanted to talk about it on a podcast. Each episode, we will read classics of the genre or new releases. And discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly. So come join us. Hello, hello! Hello! Welcome to another episode of Redeeming Lit Podcast. Here we're, we are! We're so glad that you joined us. This is our um, penultimate episode yes. for season one, which is kind of crazy when you think about Pum- it. What does that word mean? Next to last. Oh. Penultimate? Penultimate. 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 Yes. Okay, got it. We're learning some new vocab here. There you go. Thanks. Uh, I only know that because of Lemony Snicket. Same girl, same joke, <laughs> Absolutely. That's amazing. Um, and this is also our last episode in the Books Others Love series. Yes, yes. it is. Because this book um, that we're reading today, which is uh, Tacos for Two by Betsy St. Amant, Amant, I would say, um, is, was recommended to us by not only Bethany Turner, who wrote a um, lovely snippet on the, on the back of the book, but yes. also um, our... One listener, Lauren, I believe her name was. I think she also recommended it. Yes. So yes. multiple people yes. have recommended it, so we needed to read it, and I have to say it was a delightful read, so it I'm was. very glad it that was we a delightful yeah. read. got the recommendation. Also, I will be reading more by this author because I thought she was great. Yeah, and she got her start in Category Romance because she has a lot of stuff written for Love Inspired. Oh, yeah. I love that. That's so, awesome. Well, full circle that. moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah. Um, okay, so we should read the back cover. Was there any other housekeeping? That oh, we housekeeping. To um, just that this is the penultimate episode. Okay, cool. yeah, right, great. Yeah, because the next episode that we have is a lovely Christmas novella that we'll yeah. be discussing at the end of um, this episode about the title of it, so yes. you can read it along with us. But yeah, so this is the the last full book that we're reading in right. season one. It's exciting. Ah, oh, oh, where did the time crazy. go? We've come so far, guys. We've come so far. This has wow been such a fun, fun, fun journey. Um, we have already been talking about season two, so stay tuned yeah. for lots of goodness. We're we're getting excited for season two. Oh We've got a lot in store for you y'all. Don't even y'all thought season one was good. Wait till you come back for season two. Buckle up, buckle up, Buttercups. Here comes. Buckle up, Buttercups. Here comes. Okay, let's read the okay. back cover. I'm gonna, I am going to read the back yes. cover copy. Okay. Uh, Rory Perez, a food truck owner who can't cook, is struggling to keep the business she inherited from her aunt out of the red, and an upcoming contest during Modest's annual food truck festival seems the best way to do it. The prize money could finally give her a solid financial footing and keep her cousin with special needs paid up at her beloved assisted living home. Then maybe Rory, Rory will have enough time to meet the man she's been talking to via an anonymous online dating site. Jude Strong is tired of being a puppet at his manipulative father's law firm, and the food truck festival seems like the perfect opportunity to dive into his passion for cooking and finally call his life his own. But if he loses the contest, he's back at the law firm for good. Failure is not an option. Complications arise when Rory's chef gets mono and she realizes she has to cook after all. Then Jude discovers that his stiffest competition is the same woman he's been falling for online the past month. Wait. Oh, whoops. I'm reading it. I can't go down. Okay. <laughs> will these unlikely chefs sacrifice it all for the sake of love, or will there only ever be tacos for one? Oh, that's Whoa. great. That's, that's a great blurb. <laughs> uh, we do have. I do have the physical copy of the book um, from the library, but as we mentioned before, many times the um, uh, way that they put barcodes on makes the 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 back. Uh, cover content really hard to read so i find that very annoying as i've mentioned this whole season 
Yes. <laughs> so I was reading it online and I couldn't figure out how um, Odette's computer worked to scroll down. So <laughs> that awkwardness was my bad. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyways, alrighty. So, star ratings. Star ratings. Star Who wants to start? ratings. Um, Morgan, do you want to start? Sure. Um, I gave the book a four. Yes, I gave it a four. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, in case you can't tell from the back cover, this is a very on-the-nose, you've-got-mail retelling. Yes. So, I mean, pretty straightforward. Um, in a good way. It's great. But I, I like you've-got-mail retellings. I thought it was fun. I liked the characters. Um, it wasn't, like, my favorite book of all time, but I really enjoyed it. So that's why I gave it a four. I like it. Um, I will say that also there there is a point where I feel like it deviated slightly from just a retelling of mm -hmm. You've Got Mail. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But for the most part, it was You've Got Mail. Right. Yes, 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 yes. Majority. Yeah. Um, Madam, do you want to go next? Your sure. Um, I gave this three stars because I I thought it was good, not great. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> August reference. Um, <laughs> always. I, um, yeah, I thought it was like a solid like three stars like it was really it was fun to read but again it is a like you've got male retelling so I didn't think it was like super like there wasn't a whole lot that was like it was pretty predictable like I knew I knew sure. what was gonna happen yeah. um so yeah three stars I liked it it was fun yeah fun read um I gave it um 3.75 stars thought it was kind of in the middle between two I thought it was a delightful read I really liked the pace of the book I thought it was really um fun to enjoy and I think because I had more time to read before this episode so I like spaced it out and so I felt like it was like more fun to like read it over the course of a couple days instead of like binge reading yeah. in a day and a half or something um yeah I thought it was good and I, I was there was moments that like the way that she kind of retold the, the you've got mail that I liked the, the kind of modern um retelling of it in a way because it's obviously like set in this kind of time period so mm -hmm. online dating looks a little bit different than just sending emails and you've got mail so right. i like that mm -hmm. and i also thought that the characters I, I enjoyed the characters and the dynamics and yeah it's lovely Lo lovely book agreed awesome all good things okay so now it's time for mad's red reviews <laughs> all right i have some Oh no, my my uh, screenshots were not ready. Here we go. <laughs> All right, we were reminiscing about <laughs> when their children were younger earlier. Yes, we were. So she we scrolled were all her photos. photos. <laughs> <laughs> so they were not ready. Okay. All right, let's take this. Let's start with this review from Lisa. Okay. She gave it five stars. Okay. She said, "I loved it. While necessarily frustrating at times, it kept me hooked." Necessarily, necessarily frustrated. Necessarily frustrated. You think she was frustrated by how long it took for them to meet in person? And not, well, they met in person. I think she means like, were... because all romance stories have an element of frustration because you're like, why don't you just have a conversation or mm. whatever? Yeah. Maybe. That's life though. Well, yeah. There you go. That's true. Let's, um, then here's a three star review okay. from Kayla okay. who said, a lot of jumping to conclusions, a lot of unearned resolution. Did make me hungry for tacos. <laughs> <laughs> that's well, hilarious um, and also true. Um, and also, I feel like it could be said of her review. Well, that's life, Kayla. Yeah, that's, that's true. Life. Wait, she, she said <laughs> a lot of um, what'd she say? A lot of jumping to conclusions. <laughs> a lot of unearned resolution, in her opinion. Unearned. 
That's that's one reviewer's opinion. I'm just reading them as I see them. Okay. Here's Mac's review. Mac gave it two stars. Okay. Mm-hmm. Felt like I was reading a cute Netflix rom-com that I'll probably never watch again. <laughs> Savage. Yikes. Well, at least it was cute. A great book to get me back into reading, though. Also, made me want to eat tacos. <laughs> There's a, there's a theme happening yes. here. I love it. <clears throat> Thanks, Mac. So maybe um, grab yourself some tacos before we dive more into this At least <laughs> At least have some available. And uh, the last thing, the last review. Didn't Bethany Turner say that to us when she recommended this book? I think so. I'm pretty it's sure she make you want to eat tacos. Yeah. She's gonna, she, I'm pretty sure she said, you're going to want to have some tacos close at hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. Um, the last one I found is my favorite review I think that I have ever read. Oh, oh wow. Man. It's a five-star review from okay. Jennifer. Jennifer. She said, great read. Dot, 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 dot. Four dots. Four dots. Wow. She wants to say so much more, but she didn't. Fox, that's it. (laughs) Thank you, Jennifer. (laughs) All right. Wow. Do you think the fourth dot was um, accidental or do you think that was intentional? I think it was all intentional. I think it could have been great read, period, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Oh. It could have been one of those situations. Or it could have dot, been, dot, she meant to do an ellipses plus one because it was Why so would you do like, period and then dot, dot, dot? I don't know. I don't know why you would do that. <laughs> great read. Dot, 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 dot. <laughs> Five, Five stars. stars. Five stars. I feel like that would be a really fun thing to She wants us. to leave us all hanging. She does. She's like, I'm not going to tell you why. Read it yourself. Um, <laughs> what, if, what if I made that review at, at a restaurant with great food? Dot, 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 dot. dot, dot. <laughs> Five stars. Five stars. <laughs> what does that mean? Because you're like, what? <laughs> oh my gosh. There you go. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, honestly. Okay. Ready to uh, dive in? Let's dive Let's in. Let's dive, dive in. in. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else did the hand motions. Oh, I had sorry. to do them. <laughs> now we all did them. <laughs> okay. Who listeners? Um, so, <sighs> so, right. Okay, so this so summary. Book, yes. So I would say, like, for, for the listeners, mm-hmm. the first, like, 80% Probably 80%. is, like, Pretty much beat for beat, you've uh-huh. got mail. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if you know, if you've seen you've got mail, if you enjoy you've got mail, you're gonna love it. You're gonna love you're it. You're going to love this book. The last twenty percent, as Odette was saying, there's some yeah. deviation in the plot mm-hmm. and some other interesting uh-huh. things mm-hmm. um, happen between the two main characters. Um, that's more like specific to them. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I would say just for like going into our summary, solid yeah. got mail. the first eighty percent. Yeah, you've got mail. Dreams are nothing more than wishes, and, and a wish, wish is just, just a dream. dream. Wish, wish to come, come true. true. Mm. There you go. <laughs> you heard it here first. No wait, you saw it on the movie first. That's right. <laughs> she said no wait. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh gosh, all right. Gotta get it. Yeah. So okay, <laughs> so the book opens with a prologue, and it's the dating website is Love at First Chat, which hilarious name. Oh, that's a cute. Name. I love it. Um, and it's um the a conversation between Stronger Man ninety nine. And Which Color I, Me Turquoise. I think those are both terrible screams. I just, <laughs> I just want to go on record to say that. <laughs> Color Me Turquoise is okay. Stronger Man 99 makes Also, sound was there 98 kind of... other Stronger Men? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> that is what it... That is what it... 
implies that it implies that 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 98 other men had used that username it just is unless the number 99 meant something to him that's true maybe maybe he was class of 99 oh maybe maybe he lived in 99 elm street no maybe Uh she said maybe he's got 99 problems but (laughs) dating isn't one well what was what was joe fox's um NY NY152. Wasn't 152 his, his address? His, his yes. apartment? So yes. maybe it's a shout out to that. That's maybe true. That's yeah, like, it could be. That was his house. Or maybe it's like a we nod. Never to, we never find out though. We never find out. Here's the thing maybe it's a nod to like I, Jesus saying he'll leave the 99 to find you. Yikes. I, I <laughs> hope that that's not it, but maybe it is. <laughs> <laughs> she said, Yikes. <laughs> I do actually want to talk to us, Betsy. Color yeah. me, color me turquoise is a little bit more yeah. like, uh, oh, cute. But stronger man, ninety nine is just like. Here's the thing. Uh, As someone who has online on. dated for years now, here's the thing. First of all, like if someone has like a handle of some sort on there, I'm like hard pass on that like just because like but i think that this is a little different because it's like you don't give your name and you just like right, chat right. like this dating mm-hmm. app's a little different where it's like multi-steps yes. but um i feel like that kind of name i feel like though i would probably be skeptical to start oh, with then for sure yep but also color me turquoise is nothing to write home about either so no it's true. not it's not but maybe it was just like they were trying to pick something that you know was nondescript but also a little descript hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what would your screen name be if you oh, had Oh, good question. Okay. Um, my screen name would be... Book Lover Extraordinary. 99. <laughs> mine would probably be Library Dweller Forever. That's probably what mine No, you won't want to pick the same name as your Instagram handle. That's what, Why not? That's what it would be. Why because then they can be... easily find you. I only post pictures of books on my Instagram. No, you have pictures of your face on your Instagram. My profile picture. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is, if the whole point oh, is anonymity, the whole point is anonymity. Okay, okay, okay. This okay, dating okay. app, like you couldn't, because the whole point is you don't give any details, and then like if you like each other, then you eventually exchange phone numbers, then you do photos, and then you meet up. Is the way that this dating app works. Okay. okay. Can you come back around? Maybe? Yes. Come back around. You're oh. already going to meet. Oh, do you? <laughs> we can think about it and circle back during our um, other. Honestly, yes. Let's okay. Do okay. That. okay. I, I want to come up with something. I know. Really I want to come up with something. Like yeah. It. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so they're <laughs> chatting. They're very clearly it's very adorable. Lots of you got mail references. Oh boy, both of them are fans of the movie. Yes. Um, It's it's great. It's It's a cute opener. It's cute. They're they're very quippy back and forth too. Good, good um, texting kind of dynamic and stuff along the way. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So then we jump into the story and we find out that Rory is, uh, you know, she was bequeathed a food truck that Mm -hmm. had belonged to her aunt Sophia, who was like a mother to her. uh, called Salsa Street. Called Salsa Street. Thank yes. you. Um, and she has been um, working in the food truck since her aunt passed away. Her aunt kind of battled cancer, and she was helping fill in while her aunt battled cancer. And then when her aunt passed away, she like left the truck to her. So now she's not like a year or so. But yeah. she doesn't know how to cook. Right. At all. So her cousin. How wait? How are her and Grady related? Hold on. I don't actually know. She has somebody who works in the truck with her named Grady. And he does all the cooking. He does all the cooking. He uh-huh. is um, a Grady Latino was more than just her aunt. knows what he's doing in the kitchen. 
late aunt's longtime food truck assistant. This past year, oh. he and his wife Nicole had been worried Sandy as she struggled oh, to keep so the inheritance. So he just worked in okay, so they weren't booming and the other things from exploding. Okay. So by he, the way, I'm not your sister because he calls her Hermana. So okay, so they're like they know each other really well. They kind of consider yes. each other family. But he he was literally he's not related to her at all. Yes. He was just working in yes, the truck before yes. her aunt Sophia passed away. Yes. So yeah, so we meet him. We. Um, we kind of see about her struggle with like working in the food truck and he's always like well if you hate your life so much go do something else yeah. you know he's always like telling her to yes. do that and she's like no you don't understand i can't do that yeah because i have to make a certain amount of money because i'm supporting my cousin and sophia's daughter hannah yes. hannah who ha has um down syndrome and who lives in a um community home mm -hmm. that uh -huh. she loves but mm -hmm. the like cost of living in the sure. home is expensive and she's like no 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 we gotta keep I gotta keep trucking away because I have these responsibilities mm -hmm. and Hannah's counting on me yes. and this is what we have to do. Mm -hmm. This is my life. Yeah. Keep trucking away at the food truck. Oh and my it, gosh, I didn't even try that and there it is. <laughs> it was amazing. And then um, we get this fun scene where they are like, they have they have this date, this weekly rush order on Wednesdays. Okay. Mm -hmm. And this it's for this law firm in town. Mm -hmm. okay. Worthington. S swanky law firm, yeah. yeah. Worthington. Uh -huh. Family Law Trust or whatever, yeah, yes, whatever it's called, and so there they send their like um, gopher boy, yes, who works for them at the office named mm -hmm. Alton, mm -hmm. um, to always go pick up this rush order, and it's always this big deal because it's, it's, a it's right in the middle of the lunch day. rush, yeah. and every it's, single Wednesday they are you know always scrambling to get it for them. Anyway, so they, she has this funny little dialogue with Alton, and you kind of see he's like this quirky younger probably fresh out of high school kind of guy sure. um and he's he rushes off to, yeah. to take the order with back the, to the law firm um especially the quesadilla with extra cilantro and she oh, was yeah. like she goes on and on about hating cilantro which is ironic and hilarious how they how do you ladies feel about cilantro i love, love cilantro it. Love same it. Same. I feel like you do either love it or hate it. Yeah, I've never met anyone who could. It's a very, it's a very powerful um, yes. taste. And if you Flavor. like it, you love it. Like it, you love yeah. the, the taste, but if you yeah. hate it, you think it tastes like soap. Everyone yes. Who yes. I yes. I've heard that. Which I can see. Me. I just don't agree. But I can see why you would say it. like yeah. I, I'm like oh okay I get that because it's a really I strong like a taste and see kind of thing yeah well you know I'll taste and see the works good okay and so is the cilantro. and he creates cilantro. <laughs> and he created cilantro for our enjoyment and then, <laughs> or not no judgment if you can't eat it Morgan just kidding no judgment anyways <laughs> so, um, she goes Morgan so anyways <laughs> then we skip to so we're like ha 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 there's a lot of dialogue about like mm -hmm. these these uppity lawyers how they mm -hmm. always be asking for this rush mm -hmm. order. Grady and Rory are like uh, rolling my eyes. Yeah. Alton's like rolling my eyes. But like, let me and then the next not scene, drop these topics. <laughs> right. And then the next scene is the Jude Worthington, who's the extra cilantro guy, who's yes. the extra cilantro guy at the yes. law firm. Um, so we find out right away. You know, oh, it's Stronger Man Ninety Nine. Obviously, yeah. this yeah. is Stronger Man Ninety Nine. You just know. You just know. Just it's like when you know. see Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks. You know, like, he's in my one five He's in my one five two. Hundred percent. It's just, it's there. It's, it's in the story. It's written in. Mm -hmm. Written right in. Mm -hmm. um, so you immediately see the tension, and it's his, it's his dad and his brother and himself. Mm -hmm. Yes. His dad and his brother are both lawyers. He hasn't, Jude hasn't taken the bar yet, so mm -hmm. he's not technically a lawyer, but that's what his family's pushing for. Yes. His grandmother built this town, by the way. <laughs> Um, basically, right. um, so like their family is very, um, influential. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Affluent. They've got an in with the mayor. 
Um, they are wit. They're well known. They've also got some swanky houses in Dallas. Yes. Um, but basically, you automatically. Hollis is the dad, Hollis. and Warner is the brother, right? What, what names? Hollis, Warner, and Jude. Like, those are some swanky names. Yeah. Those are um, V-swanky. Specific, especially Warner. I know. Like, if you name your kid Warner, like, you're setting him up to be kind of a... Yes. You know what I mean. I know what you <laughs> A <mean>. jerk. Yes. <laughs> well, I think everybody knew, but I appreciate it. <laughs> do you know, I, do you know I, who I else paused long enough to think of an appropriate word? <laughs> okay, because wasn't in, um, speaking of lawyers, um, in uh, Legally Blonde, wasn't the boyfriend's name Warner? Yes. It was like literally a tool. That's what I'm talking she, like, about. went to Harvard. A tool. That's Warner. such a good word. And That's the word I want. And then he ended up marrying Vivian Kensington. Oh, no, he didn't. I could only think of a P word. Vivian Kensington. Yeah. I want to think of P words. <laughs> <laughs> but a tool is, okay. is accurate. Yes. Accurate. It's accurate. There you it's go. <laughs> anyway, so you sense the tension between the three of them. Hollis and Warner are seem like they're on the same page. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jude does not seem like he's on the same no. page. He doesn't seem like he really wants to be there. Like he has other things that he wants to do with his life. So they set up that family tension there. Yes. And then what's the next big thing that happens? Um, there's a lot of dialogue about just kind of the the two of them chatting, um, yes, but kind of the next thing it's that happens fun. is um, Jude goes to Rory and asks if for cooking, <laughs> cooking lessons, 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 which is hilarious because she doesn't know how to cook. Yes. But he's like, "Oh, by the way, I'll pay you for." Like, it. I love, I love your food, and she like yeah. needs money. So when he says yeah. after the pay, she's like, "Okay," she's, she's like, like, "All right, yeah, I can give you cooking lessons." So she literally rigs like a police situation where Grady is like in an earpiece in her ear, <laughs> her, like AirPod, <laughs> telling her what to say um, and like how to teach. And he's literally like using thing, binoculars yeah. sitting in a car, <laughs> basically. <laughs> So they end up having these lessons, but it's like there's obvious like sparks. There's obvious sparks. Very many oil. sparks. Yes. It be spicy up in there, oh, not yes. just the taco seasoning. Well, I mean, <laughs> metaphorically <laughs> spicy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not. This is really a Christian spicy. fiction book. There's so. zero chili pepper emojis. <laughs> no um, chili pepper emojis. No chili pepper. <laughs> but if you know, you know. <laughs> lots, you know, lots, from the, lots of uh, <laughs> fan emojis. Category romance or fan emojis for sexual tension. Oh, like, oh, like pull it down. Pull it down. All right, Wait, y'all. like are you talking about, like a plug-in fan or like the kind Either of fan we'd use? It's warming up. Can you feel it? <laughs> Bruno Mars. Okay, uh, Bruno Mars said it best when he said, "It's warming up." <laughs> <laughs> you can tell that this is the second to last episode of this. What was it called? The the penultimate. Penultimate. Anyways, so they have. I think they have like two or three lessons. Um, she's like, she feels bad because she's like, no, I'm like, I'm, I have this thing with Strawberry 99. Yeah, because like, she's I'm like loyal like, to him. She's loyal to and, and she now. also Star like, because the first episode, the first cooking like, um, lesson, she definitely like, they both kind of feel it and then she gets like yes. very cold. Like, de- yes. like the she next shuts two, she yeah, shuts it down because she's no. like, I have a, like, I can't, like, even though this anonymous I have a internet, pot- I have a potential boyfriend that I've been anonymously talking to Here's on a for four weeks. Yeah, which like, so, sh- listen here, down. listen here. <laughs> I appreciate the loyalty, but also not necessary when you're just chatting with someone online. For the record, but for for her, but, though, it was, but it was when something. you have a connection like oh yeah, Shop Girl and NY One Five Two, yeah, it's worth it. it's worth being loyal to. Oh yes, I'm not denying loyalty is a great thing, but I'm just saying like in right. for the record, sure. I don't really think you need to feel that you have to have loyalty to a person that you have not met. Um, on the internet you've been talking to for right. four weeks. 
I, I would agree yes. with you completely. Like in real life, but in this fiction life, I <laughs> yes. love the fact that they both, because right, he right, right, right. also felt loyalty to Colony yes. Turquoise, and so he was like, I'm really attracted to this beautiful woman, but like, and she's like, wow, well, I'm really attracted to this attractive man, and but can't. They're probably his polo shirt on his muscles. <laughs> yeah. Anytime you talk times. about that. The hard thing, I wonder if he works out or if he's just naturally fit. <laughs> okay, honey. <laughs> Are we loyal to Stronger Man 99? <laughs> Think about or... those muscles too much. <laughs> also, there was this weird reference and I, is this, was this referencing something else or was just this random part of the book? What? Where there was a couple mentions of her like looking like a doppelganger for a famous actress. Oh, was that supposed to be a reference to something from You've Got Mail? Or was that just I like don't a think random? So. I think that was just a one-off for this. Okay, one. I didn't get it because yes. they meant she mentions it a couple times. Yeah, I guess it's because she has some like trauma wounds from the past yes. that it goes into about her father always calling her, always telling her just to sit there and look pretty, and then freaking Thomas, her ex. Yes, and so Same she has thing. some like yeah. trauma about like just being a pretty face and nothing yes. else. So maybe that's why they said yeah, that. Is because she so. also happens to look like a famous like actress who's like very attractive. Yes. And so people always tell her like, "Hey, has anyone ever told you you look like so and so?" And she's like, like, "Literally, people only ever tell me that." That's all they ever say to me. God. Guess what? Guess what? I I'm am not. also a brain inside of this pretty little face. <laughs> <laughs> yes, which would exactly. be which not just a hat rest. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Not just a what? A hat rest. Oh, okay. Like, like you got more, more, more substance. <laughs> right, right, right. Morgan's eyebrow raised just now. She the judgment I felt. Oh, sorry, <laughs> you probably felt the palpable judgment. I'll, I'll tell you after the recording what I thought you said. I'm not going to oh, say it right now. Good God. Okay, so, right, so basically, as soon as... So we find out there's some other scenes with uh, Jude and then his buddy from college, Cody, where like Jude's at his house. He's like learning these recipes like, and, like, the yes. with and skills and from yeah. Rory to like how to cook for like a large number of people because yes. he's already he he knows how to cook. He just kind of wants to pick up skills of like yes. cooking for like mm-hmm. a large army. Yes, because he, he was inspired by Marie, um, who was the Maria. house Maria, yes. who was their housekeeper growing yes. up, um, who would cook who tacos for the boys. Yes, his mother. mother. Yes. yes, and so he is was inspired by that. So he was using basically kind of her recipe and things that he learned from. Rory to then kind of aka Grady yes. afar, from, from right. afar um, he basically then was using it to kind of create his own taco recipe. And he'd already decided that he was going to open up a food truck and enter in this food truck competition because if he won he felt like it would be the only chance that he could have to potentially prove that hey this is a viable option for me to his father and brother this is what I like, want to do. I like, totally like yeah. cut off from, from the friend because right, he didn't want that. And I, I do think too, he also um, kind of uh, in this, he decided that the way that he, that he was going to pitch it to his father was very much like, and brother, all in. Like, give me a chance to do this, try it. Yes. If I don't win the contest, I'll come back and like yeah. not say anything. Right. Pretty much. And this is like what it is. Um, and so part of him is also rehearsing with Cody, kind of how what he's mm-hmm. going to say and how he's going to say it. Yes. Um, and kind of around the same time, you meet Mayor Witt. He comes into Jude's mm-hmm. office and talks to him about how, like, the, the he hasn't got the donation from the family yet, and that, like, norm for the beautification, yeah. and da 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 and all this stuff. And basically, the mayor implies that he thinks Warner is going to make a run for the mayor next, like, in the next yes. term. Um, so there's kind of some speculation around that. And so you just kind of, and the mayor seems like a very genuine kind of guy, just like normal, trying to make the town good and um, that kind of stuff along the way. So, yeah. and he doesn't, he, it's more that it seems that he's not in cahoots at all with 
um, the Worthingtons. It's more like he's, or the, it's just more that he's like, this is who runs the town besides me, so I'm just yeah. gonna like play nice with them, um, kind of thing. So, um, so right, so there's prep work for. The, so like, he yes yeah. for this like basically Big this food truck pitch oh for the pitch yeah yeah yes. his family it doesn't end up going well no he he gives them food and they're eating tacos right yes. yes and basically he pitches this to them and basically his dad's like well guess what if you lose this competition like you're done so you're out of here I don't want to have anything to do with you not even just like you're not you're you're coming back to law firm like you're done like, yeah no yeah so he's like either you win this and you do this or you come back and you. You, you shut up about your dreams and you work and you take the bar and you work for me for the rest of your life. Yeah. Sign sealed delivered. So, a sign sealed delivered. Also, another, you've got mail signed, right? Yes, it is. Anyways, I didn't even try that. So, he, so now there's a lot of pressure because he's like, basically, I'm agreed to do this and um, so now there's a lot at stake for me, Jude. So then he... Uh, he enters into the food truck competition. <clears throat> um, Rory finds out from Grady. She's at the farmer's market collecting Vegetables. produce yeah. for to stock the truck for yes. the food truck competition. Yes, she is. And she gets a call from Grady. She takes the call. Grady's like, good news, bad news situation. She's like, give me the good news first. She, he's like, I'd rather give you the bad news first. And she's like, give me the good news. Or he's like, no. she's like, give me the bad news first. She's like, I'd rather give you the good news first. She's like, nope. give me the bad news first. She's like, I'm going to give you the good news first. Uh, he goes, the good news is they've upped the, um, the... There's a contest because she doesn't know about... Right. There's yeah. a, there's a, there's a oh. cash prize. Yes, for the contest. Um, for this food, for the food truck festival. And he tells year. her the price. She's like, oh, this would actually help Hannah out a lot. Yeah. Well, so it's like a big deal. And he's like, the bad news is... Your buddy Jude, who we gave cooking lessons to, is just opening a, food a Mexican truck food truck and has <laughs> entered into the competition. Called Nacho Taco. Called Nacho Taco. And she goes, What? Say what? And then she looks up and like Jude's and sitting right Jude. there and he's like, Oh hi. And he's also like collecting <laughs> produce and she's like like turns and just runs yeah. away. <laughs> it's a really funny scene. Um, and he's like, Is she is she running? She's running. It's like the grocery store scene yes. from You've Got yes, Mail. Exactly. <laughs> Where I she's just it. hiding from him. Mm-hmm. Love it so much. Um, and in the and as as part of that, in the meantime, um, while they're chatting, because you kind of get like some like throughout the whole book, it's like their like conversations or whatever. And he's telling her like, "Hey, I'm I'm you know taking some strides. I'm doing something new for my career. Like I'm taking risks." And she's like encouraging him. Mm-hmm. And then kind of their conversation, he's also kind of encouraging her yeah. in yeah. similar ways that she can do stuff. So it's very like it. It just feels like a very supportive dialogue and dynamic that like you can see that it's not just like oh it's cute like chemistry or something like they're actually like encouraging each other and they talk almost every day and now they're texting go to the mattresses um, yeah right. right go to the mattresses yeah. exactly what is it with men in the godfather oh, I don't <laughs> I don't know oh. um, it's he's like be... the I Ching <laughs> the sum of all wisdom <laughs> guys it's gonna be the rest of the episode so <laughs> just get used to it um, we love you got me on so anyways so the festival the competition happens mm-hmm. um and well, then ba- basically like there's a couple of days to it so the first day yeah. so yes. it's like it's like a precursor it's a and precursor you, and yes. you have to return and address your, your sales like how, how many people how came to figure how much you sold and then the next day you make a plate and you like give it to judge give it and to judge before yes. judges. Yeah. but we find out on the second day that um 
Warner and Hollis. Warner and Hollis go around to all these food trucks asking people to sign this thing because the competition yeah. is changing slightly. And it's getting, and it, it's extended, and there's all these like, fun it's things extended, about it. extended, and they're like, bonus oh, things. we're extra, we're up in the prize. So they all sign it, and then except Jude, because Alton just signs it. He's like, whatever. He's oh, we didn't it. mention, when Jude oh, opens yeah. a food truck, he's like, hey, Alton. That was the gopher guy from the law office. Yes. He's like, hey, Alton, do you know anything about cooking? And Alton's like, I know I can make a, a mean bowl of beef ramen. And Jude's like, okay, um, <laughs> do you want to come help be my sous chef in my food truck? And I'll pay you. And Alton's like, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, my answer is yes. I hate the law office. Y'all are mean. Let's go do something else. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, so Alton is now Jude's sous, <laughs> sous chef, which Alton is such a fun. He's uh, hilarious. Side character in this yes. book. Uh, he's really fun to um, to read. So, anyways, so Jude doesn't sign. Jude's the only one who doesn't sign it. Alton signs it for him, which yeah. I don't says know. that he was taking a break or something. He was just like, "Oh yeah, I'll sign it for you." Yeah. So uh, that is not binding no. because he's not the food truck owner signing it. Basically, that is is a weird like kind of rabbit trail storyline that gets doesn't get wrapped until the very end of the book yeah. as to like what exactly what Hollis exactly and it was yes were like scheming mm-hmm. because it wasn't just about because they said the extension the ex, they extended it for an extra day yes to mm-hmm. give you more opportunity to win oh uh, no an extra week oh that's right oh because the, the, the next yes. to the following weekend yes yes mm-hmm. and because, then the winner not only and the got reason, more money the reason they did that is because they were trying to set up uh, Jude to fail. Yes. They wanted him to lose. Yes. Um, but then you got the same amount of money, but then mm-hmm. you got to cater uh-huh. the next biggest event of the season, right. Warner's right. engagement party. To and Madison, like, who's a local hairdresser. And then they like announced his engagement. It was yes. like a whole big thing. And Jude, and Jude didn't even know about it. Yeah. And it was just like, Jude didn't even know about what was happening. So it's like weird and yes. it doesn't really get wrapped until the end. And, and, it, and it definitely feels, you're like, what's going on? This something's is, going something else on. going on. Yes. Here. And that's definitely like the twenty percent aspect that I was talking about of it, like yes, deviating yes. from the "You've Got Mail" storyline. Yes. Um, <clears throat> but anyways, so we have some. Well, and I will say overall. So for the first part of the original contest, Jude does really well. So yes. his food goes yes. well. Like the judges are liking his food, oh. and um, also Rory's having a tough time because in the middle of all this. Yes. Um, uh, Grady gets mono, so he can't. So he's oh yeah, completely out of the picture. So he's completely out of the picture. So Nicole steps in, but like his wife, Grady's yes. wife Nicole, who's also not really a cook. A cook. Yeah, so her so the, and her and, and Rory are are, are cooking at the competition. But like, luckily along the way, because Rory actually she has learned more than she used to know because she actually quote unquote taught, you know, uh, Jude. Yeah, oh, exactly. And then she also like so she was just kind of learning along the way, um, and. Oh, so then um, the first day they have a little fire. So like they're she's like they've done okay, but they haven't done as well as she would want to have done. Sure. But they select three finalists for the next part of the contest, and it's salsa street, nacho taco, and cluck in a bucket. What is it called? Clucky Bucky. <laughs> no. <laughs> cluck kitchen. Cluck kitchen. Something about Clucking. clucking. <laughs> it was. It's a chicken. It's truck. a chicken truck. <laughs> Hold on, I'll find it. <laughs> And the girl who works in the chicken truck, Alton, is like in love with her, so he's always over at this cluck bucket food truck and talking to Kimmy. 
That's right, Kimmy. <laughs> and Jude's like, oh my gosh, where's Alton? He's at the club bucket. Huh. <laughs> Targeting Kimmy. <laughs> um, I can't remember what it's called. Cluck truck? Is it the cluck truck? Maybe. It might be the cluck truck. That sounds like a great name for a food truck. I hope it's that. <laughs> I hope it's that. <laughs> Hold on. I think I found the, the section. So like... Um, cluck truck, yeah. Oh, nice. nice. Hey, oh, Cluck in a bucket is a reference to um, the Stephanie Plum series, the Janet Ivanovich Stephanie Plum series. That's like a fast food franchise in oh, okay. that one. Okay. I, was okay. like, I know I've read that before. Mm. But anyways. Um, anyways, so back to the, the yes. new contest then. So they, so Rory and Nicole, Jude, oh no, Rory and Jude. end up having like a couple of like interesting interactions where they're like, let's have a truce. Yeah. And they're like kind of being nice to each other. Sharing a cooking space while they're like practicing stuff. Uh, they go from like being cool. nice to each other and then they like are straight up like so rude to each other and then and they'll like, be like, back to being nice to each other yes. and then like straight up like savage to each other. Yes. It's this really weird back dynamic. Yeah. I want to say one quick thing about the additional contest is that not only do they have a week, but then they also have to have a theme for it. Yes. Uh, yes. And so she, um, so part of it, you get to see kind of Rory's other skill set, which is clearly like parties and things and themes like yes. that kind of coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she decides, and yes. and stuff yeah, like and so she decides to um, uh, do a Christmas theme for their, um, which I think is so fun. Trip. It's so fun. Um, so, um, uh, but yes, their attention is back and forth. There's a lot of lovely dialogue of them kind of, you know being happy and having a truce and then not and also Jude meets Hannah and that's really sweet because she's like such a but then like but then immediately Rory because of her trauma wounds jumps to the conclusion that that he's trying to use use Hannah Hannah to like get information about what they're cooking and like she gets instantly mad at him again yeah it's like they're back and forth they're hot and cold but in in that week in the week in between the two weekends of the food truck Mm -hmm. festival Mm -hmm. competition yes Stronger Man 99 and Color Me Turquoise they're side side point. because it, yes they've given oh, each other right. numbers they've moved on to step two which is cell phone numbers yes and they decide to skip the photos to and skip just meet, the photos and meet in of person of course oh, and meet in person so they set up a date at the pizza bucket well and part of it too is <laughs> at the beginning of the novel <laughs> at the beginning of the novel yes at the <laughs> At the beginning of a novel, he asks her pretty early on that he wants <laughs> to meet her, and she's like, the no. pizza bucket? Yes. Seriously? <laughs> so that's where I'm at, Cluck Bucket, because I crossed right. I can't Cluck Bucket. Pizza Bucket. I'm pretty sure it's called Pizza Bucket. I think that's um, right. Um, but <laughs> at the beginning of the book, Jude, or Stormman Man 99, asked out Color Me Turquoise, and she was like, not ready yet. So then she yes. texts him in that week in between, because she's like, why not? Like, yes. She's like, too I'm busy with work, and thing. she's like, <laughs> and Nicole basically like, well, you're always going to be busy. Like, just like, go for it. Right. Um, so, so she tells him, and so they're going to meet up um, the night before the contest. Ooh. The pizza oh, market. Boy. And There's this, no way that's right. this is where, this is the starting point of where it starts to deviate yes, from You've Got absolutely. Mail. Because he shows up at the pizza pocket. He, at one point. Pizza butler. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you sure? It's, it's accurate. Also, what about 7 p.m. at the pizza butler? Uh, okay. That depends. Am I going to have to watch you consume pineapple on your pizza? That might be a deal breaker. Don't knock it till you try it. Some things are instinctive. I agree, which is why I can't wait to see you tomorrow at the pizza butler. <laughs> okay, so pizza butler. <laughs>
a question. So, okay, butler. butler. Okay, can butler. I ask one question? If there was a restaurant uh, called Pizza Bucket, do you think they would bring out slices of pizza in a bucket, or would they have bucket-shaped pizzas? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> like the dough would be, and you, know then you could like dip, and then you, I what if it's like a bucket of dipping sauce? Yes, like a bucket of sauce. Yeah, and then that's the pizza is like around the that's bucket. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. That would be. That'd be great. I'd go there. I would pizza go. Bucket. Let's go <laughs> every weekend. Let's go after this, Listen, ladies. If, yeah. if any restaurant is looking for an idea, pizza. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like a metal pail. <laughs> Boom. On your table. Oh my god. There's a restaurant oh that I mentioned before that has fries that come in a bucket and you get all these dipping sauces oh, and it is delightful. I mean, that's. I love a dipping sauce. I like sauce. stuff in buckets. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so, 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 he, Jude finds out. I don't. It, it's context clues. He just finds out using his own context clues through his conversations it's, it's with origami. Rory. Oh, that's right. Because Hannah does origami. Because she. Because back a few conversations before that, right. he was like basically like, "What do you?" She. She was like, "What are you wearing or something?" She's like, "Not. Not like that. Like what? Like what's around you right now?" And then he kind of told her, and then she said. And she had or- origami swans made by swan. her cousin. Yeah, and so then like he's hanging out when he meets Hannah. When he meets Hannah, and she's and she gives him an, an origami. Like he just kind of starts putting things together. Yes. So when he goes to Pizza Butler, he knows he knows that Rory is color and turquoise. Rory does not know. So and he honestly, gets there. he comes out of the yeah. gate with some serious Joe Fox energy. He really does. No, honestly. but like but like the foxiness of Joe Fox. You right, know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, yes. Where like he knows she doesn't know, yeah. and he's like, but he's not even nice about it. At, in that a jerk, sorry. Yes. In that Editor. scene where they're where Meg Ryan mm-hmm. and Tom Hanks are at the coffee bar, like Joe Fox is like he's coming off really strong yeah. in that scene. Yeah. But I mean, so is she. So is um, Rory. Rory. Well, Kathleen Kelly. Kathleen Kelly is who I was thinking of. But yeah, so is Rory. But then, like Morgan said, where it deviates mm-hmm. is. He basically, he, he's like, okay, this is getting nowhere. They're having this fight. She's like, I'm saving the seat for somebody. Get out. He's like, she's like, are you being stood up right now? She goes, no. And um, basically, they have this fight. She says, like, a really mean thing to him. And then finally, he's like, <coughs> give me your phone. Give me your phone. And then basically, he does this thing on the app and does, like, a picture accept Swap. request with Stronger Man and Color Me Turquoise. And he shows his picture. And it's literally, and it's, it's just him. It's him in the same, in, in the same polo. Yeah. And she's like, that he just took. And then she's her mind is blown. She's and he's really, like, she's like, and then he like, and he's like, bye, Tommy Turquoise. No, he doesn't say that. <laughs> I thought he did. That would have been great. Maybe he did. Okay. So, um, so long, Tommy Turquoise. So long, Tommy Turquoise. And then he pieces out, and then she's left Charter drowning 99. in marinara. No, he says Sign goodbye, off. Rory. Oh, okay. <laughs> he tossed. He tossed. Jude shoved back from the table, his eyes downcast. Goodbye, Rory. He tossed a twenty dollar bill into the breadstick. Um, basket and walked out the door. Oh. He didn't look back. That's why we thought it was one of the basket. Pizza bucket. <laughs> we have to get off of this. Oh, this pizza bucket ranch. Um, okay. <laughs> so, anyways, okay. okay. So, so they're so both right. heartbroken. So now they're like upset and stewing. And, and the next day is the, co- the, the, the final weekend the, of the competition. The, yeah, the last kind of added on weekend of the competition. So there's there's a, all this stuff. There's some stress. But then also Rory's feeling a little bit better because she's been spending this whole week practicing cooking. And she came up with this really cool theme. It's really great. She's got the tamale recipe she's trying. Yeah. Yes. But then remember, um, Jude is like, I got to make this. I'm going to try to smooth this over before we head into this competition weekend. So let me just pop by the food truck. Unannounced. See if I can 
say a few things to smooth things no, over. No, he, he asked then... for tomatoes. He has to borrow tomatoes. Yeah, but, sure. You know, okay. Yeah. yeah. But and Nicole goes. Nicole's in there. And she's like, I have to go vacuum my room. Leaves. <laughs> <laughs> and then the two of them are like have this moment where they're like, Oh, are, they almost kiss. Are we going to well, kiss and a passionate embrace? And then and then Rory's like, Get out of here. here. Take your tomatoes and leave. Take these. Dang tomatoes. These five tomatoes. That's all I have. All I have is five tomatoes. Well, and also, too, I think that part of them both are feeling like a disconnect between the person that they've been talking to online Mm -hmm. and then this person that they actually have a feud with, pretty much. It's like, so, like, to her, she's like, I can't believe so much has changed that Jude is stronger man 99, and he's like, I can't believe that Rory is, you know, colored turquoise. Yeah, exactly. Okay, Um, so so let's skip because we have just a few minutes to wrap this. So let's skip to um, basically they're feuding, they're feuding. Oh, Nacho Taco wins the wins the competition, and it feels very shady. Oh, it feels very shady. Even to Nacho Taco, it feels. Oh shady. yeah, he's like, like, what's I, going I, on? Well, because like also they were like, oh, your food was too spicy, is what the judges say about Salsa Street. Yeah, yeah. and she's, and like, she's like, like, my food what? wasn't spicy at all. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. So, so that's that seems shady. So then skip to um, Nacho Taco still catering. Warner's Warner's engagement party because that was part of the deal. But but before that, Warner comes up to like at the like event where like they find out that um, Nacho Taco won the um, contest. Warner goes up to um, uh, Rory and says, "Hey, so um, I have this engagement party in like two weeks. Is there any way that you could like host like be the the party planner for it?" And she's like, "Not sure what to do, but the money's really good, so she decides to do it." So she like throws this party and she's actually really because Nicole and Grady are like oh my god of course you should do that you're really good at party planning um etc etc so they're gonna like take care of the taco truck for the time being um as Grady's pretty much back up on his feet after the contest then Mm -hmm. so then um they're gonna take care of that and she's gonna do some try to do some party planning so she gets a random visit like a couple days before the party um for the engagement party from Mayor Witt Mm -hmm. and he's like I just have to let you know like I'm I'm in love, and she's like, uh, you squeeze me. <laughs> and he's like, oh no, not with you, with Madison, with, you. with Warner's, Warner. with Warner's fiance Madison. And she's, she's like, she's, she's, she, my hair. she's been doing my hair for months. She's been doing my hair for so long. And, and he goes, I used to go once, once every other week, but then I needed to see her more, so I went once a week, <laughs> which is obscene. Um, anyways, so, <laughs> so. So she's, anyway, like, so she's, so like, she's like, you poor thing. Like, uh, and he's like, he's you like, go to the party with will me. you go to the party with me? I can't bear to go alone. I can't. I just, I have to go with the date. I'm the mayor. Yeah. I have to be there. But like, yes. I can't bear to see yeah. her. I can't bear to do this mm-hmm. by myself. And she's like, you know what? Sure. Of course you, I You're a nice guy. Way. You're a really nice guy. I'll just go with you. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, cut and to she's the party. Also like, because Jude's going to be there, obviously, and I don't like him right now. So, And I don't want to face him alone. So, let's do this. Um, cut to the party. They... Oh, so much happened at the party. Yeah, okay, yes. so so first of all, real quick, some summation of the party. Warren shows up very drunk and yes. late to oh, his own engagement. Yeah, and does karaoke the whole time. So, yes, and yes. makes and then like kind of has exchange and shape exchanges um, an intense word with Madison. Oh, basically then, calls oh, so her stupid. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah because he has the microphone. Because like they're they're yeah. already kind of having it weird, and she's trying to like cop like compensate for the fact that he's kind of being like a <clears throat> a. a Basically, yeah, yeah, Yeah. Um, and um, then Jude goes up to Rory and basically like tells her like he's like I have three things to tell you, 
And then one of the last one is he basically like is kind of apologizing and then he just kisses her and then she's yeah. like, oh my she's god, like, they start making it out. Yes. Yes. And then she gets a phone call from Hannah and Hannah's like, somebody paid my full tuition. For the next year. For the next year. I don't know who it was. They just said that they were doing it for a pretty face. Yeah. A pretty girl. Pretty girl. Yeah. Pretty girl. And she was like... And she then she was. And she so thought it was Jude who did it, and yeah. she's like, like "Oh my gosh!" Everybody calls me. I'm just a pretty girl. I'm just gonna sit there and look pretty. And then she got so mad. She's like, yeah. "You manipulated Hannah. Pushed him out of the way. You tried so to use Hannah to here. get to me. Like, how dare you get out of here?" And then in the with meantime, your lips. Get out of here with your lips. Stronger man, ninety nine. Yeah. Exactly. So, so, um, but in the meantime, then Warner is on. Doesn't realize he still has the microphone on, and he literally says like yeah. these terrible things about Madison, and then everyone hears because it's on the microphone. And then Hollis collapses and has a heart attack. Yeah. And the DJ's like, "Sorry, man, been trying to tell you your mic's on." <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. And then the DJ just unplugs the mic, which he should have done minutes ago. But anyways, yeah, yeah, Hollis. And then the cut to the next scene. They're they, in the hospital. They're in the hospital. Um, um, talking about kind of what they're waiting on. And Rory shows up with um, uh, two coffees. Yes. For them. And it's kind of like one of these things where there's just like Jude finally stands up to his dad mm-hmm. and his brother. And, and to he's Warner. like, this is, yeah. And he and Warner like figure stuff out. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, he like, it's like, Warner, why are you, like, if you're not happy, like, mm-hmm. do something else. Like, this is stupid. You don't have to be in this situation. You don't like, this her, is yeah. dumb. You don't have to um, get married. You don't have to do law. Like, if you yeah. like, hate your life this much, like, you can make the change. And they kind of, like, have this reconciliation. And he wants to, to move to Dallas and stuff. Yes. So he wants yeah. to do. Yeah. He, they have this reconciliation. And he, he and Madison um, obviously break up, too. Break up. But, and, yeah. Right. Um, and then we find out, because Hannah shows up with, or Hannah shows up. Or goes to meet Rory or something like that. And she's like, I didn't get, you weren't really listening on our phone call yesterday. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to tell you, not just about the tuition being paid for two for the next two years. Yeah. But look, my own website. To sell my origami. To sell, her to sell my origami. Like, look. And then she finds out she puts it together because her dad calls her. So so yeah. uh Sophie. Rory. Rory. Rory's dad calls her. Yes. And he's like back in town. They have a pretty strained relationship. He's back in town. He paid for he paid for the tuition for Hannah's tuition and Jude helped build the website. The website and so she's like, oh, I've been so blind. I've been so I've so <laughs> been so blind. This is where it feels Pride and Prejudice. Yes. Then, well, and they, they do, do start quoting yeah, Pride yeah, and Prejudice at the end of so the novel. So wait, so then he's like still kind of upset, uh huh? And he like mm-hmm. run, and so then he goes for a run. Yes. Um and um she <laughs> and then she job. runs. <laughs> well, basically, basically, he's running in the rain. In the rain, they have this. Very, very um, 2005. Yes, Pride mm-hmm. and Prejudice. Yes. Like, oh yes, I couldn't Seen sleep. My aunt, yes. she yes. was here. Yeah, yes, that kind of scene. Your yes. hands are cold. Your hands are cold. Yeah, they have okay. that 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 kind of a feeling mm-hmm. scene yes. um, where they are like they work out the things mm-hmm. that that misunderstood, and they're like, because she's like been chasing after him like literally because he was been running. Right. And, and mm-hmm. then they kiss and to quote Betsy Saint Amant. His lips tasted like happily ever after. Wow. Wow. That's, and then that's potent. That is some potent stuff. <laughs> good, good God. <laughs> that's how you know. <laughs> what, his lips taste, what did his lips taste like? Happily ever after. Happily ever after. Um, then okay. swap to the next um, epilogue or to mm-hmm. the epilogue there. And it's like, what? Two, two, two years, years later. Yes. And if they're, they're, they're married, <clears throat> Nicole and Grady have, have twins. Yes. 
Um, Happily ever after. And it's just like a lot of and Mayor fun and Witt Mayor and, Witt and Madison, Madison are together. Mm-hmm. And then secret surprise, Rory's pregnant. Rory's pregnant. I honestly thought she was gonna have twins because I was like tacos for two, two babies, but but then somebody but else had twins. Somebody, oh wait, oh no, yes. <laughs> I'm getting mixed up with yeah. somebody else. Yeah, there's just a, at this juncture we just know it's one baby. Yes, baby. correct. And so. that's Dallas. And that's Dallas. <laughs> AKA tacos, tacos for two. For two. AKA the, another office reference. Another <laughs> office reference. Also another. Is this another? No, nope. it's not a Texas author. She is from Louisiana. That's right. She's from Louisiana. But okay, Louisiana. she says she's from North Louisiana, which is basically Texas. So let's it's just probably it's, it's, right, it's right there. She's in the Panhandle of Louisiana. She's basically in Texas. I mean, that's kind of. She's in the upper part of the boot. Yeah. It's Texas. I mean, it's Louisiana, but it's basically right. Texas. She can straddle the border, probably. Yes. And um, maybe she has. And maybe she has. <laughs> um, but no. But she that was, was a delightful book. This yeah, it was, was very, fun. it was very, it was fun very fun. It was very like. I also liked how like yeah. it went in a different direction. I will say because mm-hmm. when like they were in the um, uh, restaurant and it pizza went bucket. Pizza yeah, bucket. <laughs> for pizza basket, <laughs> pizza butler. <laughs> Um, when they're when they're in there, and then I realized that's when it was starting to deviate um, from the yes. uh, you've got mail story, mm-hmm. and I thought that was really great because there's still elements of it that you're really like. But I love that it wasn't like just a retelling, and it, it was kind of her own spin on it, and mm-hmm. that was delightful. Because in the movie, yeah. obviously, he doesn't reveal to her that he right. knows that it's her, and that you know whatever. So, anyways, lovely, <sighs> lovely, lovely. Yeah, All right. I so, wanted it to be you. I wanted, I wanted it to be, be you so badly. They say that because <laughs> she says that to him in a message when, yeah. when like, she basically... But honestly, it doesn't work, I didn't think, the same way. It wouldn't have worked the same way, I think. As, is that what you mean? As when, yes. as Kathleen Kelly, Kathleen Kelly, which says it to Jeff Fox. Yeah. 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 Well, no. But nothing works as brilliantly as that. Oh, and then, oh my gosh, so what's the dog's name? Brinkley. Brinkley comes running oh, around the corner. And, and then he wanna, just, and, and then he looks like, eat. he catches Ryan, then he just kind of like shrugs like, it's me. It's me. Oh. And she's crying. Oh, it's so oh good. Oh my God. So, so good. good. Which also you should uh, have. And why one too? There's nothing like those a 90s Tom Hanks. Honestly, I'm going to watch, I'm going to, I'm going to watch that movie tonight. For Obviously. Sure. Oh, for sure. That's Obviously. what's happening. And for I will sure. be making, perfect for like, my husband watch it with me because, Classic. It's a great, yeah, it's a great this is a good movie. One. He needs more of that in his life as well. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't need more of that? Who doesn't need more? Exactly. So, let's um, do um, time for... Uh, yes! Morgan's Rabbit Rabbit... Morgan's, <laughs> Morgan's Rabbit Rabbit Trails. New segment. <laughs> Why are you doing Morgan's Random Rabbit I, Trails. I've had okay. a lot of class meetings this week that I've had to lead, so I think I've just done a significant amount of like talking <laughs> and leaning this whole week, so my brain's just like... Wah, wah, wah. That was another moment where I just wish the listeners could have seen Odette's face when she said... She was like had like finger guns at Morgan, and she goes, Morgan's Rabbit Rabbit. Wait. <laughs> she like cocks her head. <laughs> oh, it was brilliant. Morgan's... Oh, Random rabbit trail. That's correct. Okay, so I, since this is obviously a retelling of You've Got Mail, I pulled up a little article that I was going to read some snippets of. Um, We all obviously love You've Got Mail. This is an article on the website (laughs) yardbarker.com. I don't know anything about that website. So that's what the thing is called. But the, um, 
article is entitled 20 Facts You Might Not Know About You've Got Mail. Ooh, fun. So I'm going to read them. Ooh, please do. It's based on a much-adapted play. Actually, I'm going to say these things. You guys tell me if you knew them or not. It's based on a much-adapted play. Yes. I thought it was a different movie slash book. But it's originally based on a play. So the play is called, um, from 1937, it's called Perfumery. And it was and it was originally oh, adapted thought, into yeah. a movie in the 1940s, starring uh huh, starring Jimmy Stewart. Yes. Um, called Shop Around a Corner, and then it was adapted again in 1949, in a musical version with um, Van Johnson and Judy Garland, called In the Good Old Summertime. Yes. Both of those are wonderful. Um, one of the earlier adaptations gets a shout out in the movie, mm-hmm. which is Shop Around the Corner. Yes. Because right. that's the name of her. That's the name of her shop. That's the name of her shop. Um, it was a reunion film for Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. It was. They sleep with Seattle. Seattle and also Joe versus the Volcano. Oh, I've never seen that. I've never seen that either. But also, I feel like Sleepless in Seattle. Like, how much screen time? And did Hanks and Ryan really have together in that film? Sleepless in Seattle, little. very little. It was also directed by Nora Ephron, though. Mm-hmm. Ah, Sleepless okay. in Seattle was. Same vibe. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, it says it was also a family affair. Nora Ephron directed, but she got some help with the screenplay. She co-wrote the film with her sister Delia. That's fine. They also worked on scripts together. Um, mixed Nuts and Michael. Michael's the one with. John Travolta, right? Mm. Yes. Sure. Pretty sure. I don't know about makes sense. Efron had another inspiration for the movie. New York? Well, Perfumery inspired the story for (laughs) You've Got Mail, but there was another even older influence that would be Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice, Mm. which they talk about in the film too, so we all know that. A notable actor was cut out of the movie. (gasps) Who was it? Michael Palin of Monty Python fame originally appeared in several scenes in the film. However, his subplot was cut out entirely and every single one of Palin's scenes were deleted. Wow, savage. So, wonder if that happened. happened. I think they just decided to go in a different... I imagine it was just a different direction in the story. drama. Maybe. Could be. Hanks and Ryan went method. It's a type of acting. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Efron wanted her stars to really get into the groove for their roles. This included a lot of rehearsing, but also doing some real hands-on work. Both Ryan and Hanks worked for a week in a bookstore to get into character for the movie, which I think is very fun. I love that so much. An unscripted moment made the final cut. Oh, wait, 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 wait. You want to see if you can guess? What part of the movie is it? Oh, it's very, it's a very iconic part of the movie, and it's funny. Um, more towards the beginning-ish, maybe. Oh man, I don't. Is it a both characters? Uh huh. Just tell us. Okay. It says when Joe closes the door at Kathleen's bookstore while carrying balloons and a goldfish, Hanks ad-libbed the line, "Good thing it wasn't the fish." When when the balloon gets stuck in the door. Oh. And then they all start laughing. I would guess that. Yeah. So, that's funny. Um, the old school website. This. Makes me so angry when I hear this. What? Listen, the old school website was active for a long time. Hey, a movie about the internet has to have a website, right? Even though You've Got Mail came out in 1998, the film had a website which included all of Joe and Kathleen's emails to each other. The website stayed up all the way until 2018. <gasps> I never knew about it, so I never went there, and it makes me so mad. Why would they take it down? I don't know. That I don't know. <laughs> Meg Ryan got hip to technology while filming this movie. Got and hip to technology? Meg, is that like, Meg Ryan. Does that she, mean like she had a technology she, like inserted into her hand? No. Oh. Ryan reportedly got her first computer while she oh. was working on You've Got Mail. Oh, like she, got, she, oh yes. okay. Like, the word hip to. Got jive. Got yes. down, down with the diggity. Hanks had something in common with a character, but not his own. Do you guys know this one? This is kind of with fun trivia. With a character from but the movie, not but, not, but not Joe Fox. 
a very like quirky thing that a character does in the movie. Tom Hanks is also does in real life. Was it something well, about like the boating or something? I was going to say about having a boat. Nope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what I'm going to tell you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Tom Hanks in real life collects typewriters and is obsessed with typewriters, oh, just yeah. like Greg Kevin, Kinnear's character. Yeah. Oh my god, stop. That's hilarious. Where he's like, report, as in gunshot. Anyways, that Tom Hanks in real life collects typewriters. He's written a book full of short stories about typewriters. Do you know what the name of the book is? Yeah, you can look it up. The movie got to shoot in a famous New York spot. Do you guys know this one? Central Park? Zabar. The Uncommon Type, some stories. That's it. Uncommon Type. Zabar's says it's a Jewish, quote, appetizing store, unquote, has been referenced countless times in movies and TV shows set in New York City. However, everyone used, um, used it, and and it was the first movie to actually shoot at Zabar's. Oh, it was the gr- that grocery store mm-hmm. scene. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where she's mm-hmm. like, this is a cash-only line. Actually shot in Zabar's, and it was the first movie okay. to do that. Um, a future award winner, speaking of that, a future award winner made their screen debut. Um, Sarah Ramirez, who played Rose, the cashier, um, has starred in um, Grey's Anatomy and Save One at Tony and um, Spamalot. Spamalot, they've won a Tony, Spamalot. Yeah. Anyways, so. For Spamalot? Yes. Okay. They've won a Tony for Spamalot. Yes. I did not know that. Um, Efron reads a song from her previous collaboration with her stars. Over the Rainbow was an iconic wow. song that was used in Sleepless in Seattle and yes. You've Got Mail. Um, Dave Chappelle's casting, this was kind of fun, Dave Chappelle's casting came at Tom Hanks' behest. He specifically asked for him. Report, purportedly, Chappelle had been offered the role of Bubba in Forrest Gump, but he turned it down. Um, Hanks kept Chappelle in mind and is the one who suggested the stand-up play his friend Kevin in You've Got Mail. Oh. Which, I love that role. They turned a real store into a bookstore. So it was an antique store that they found. Um, for, for shop around In the New York City, for shop around the corner. They paid the owner on a three week, for, to go on a three-week vacation. They took everything out of the store and made it into that's the bookstore. So and then amazing. had everything back by the time the owner came back. Wow. That's amazing. Um, one of the characters' name is a reference to a classic character. Um, her name is... Oh, her name's Birdie Conrad. Mm-hmm. Her her Birdie. older friend Birdie, and that's a reference to Conrad Birdie is the name of the lead character in Bye Bye Birdie. Okay, yeah. Which I didn't I didn't know. Yeah, I'm not as familiar with Bye Bye Birdie, but Heather Burns, who plays um, Christina, the female shop, the assistant in yes. Kathleen Kelly's store, mm-hmm. or the, the sing-song associate. Voice. Yes, she um, since acting in You've Got Mail, she's become a real life advocate for. Um, independent bookstores. I love that. We need advocates for independent bookstores. Yeah, absolutely. And then, let's see. Oh, not everybody liked product the product placement. So obviously, like AOL was a huge mm-hmm. thing in this. And at the time, and since, a lot of people were not happy with the egregious, obvious product placement for AOL. Rolling Stone even included You've Got Mail on its list of the most egregious product placements in movie and TV history. Egregious. I mean, that seems like a strong word. I would agree, but... Yeah. And then the last one is, it was a box office smash. Back in the day, romantic comedies could dominate at the box office. You've Got Mail debuted as the number one movie at the box office. It would make 
115.8 million domestically and 135 million internationally. Not too shabby. That's not amazing. too shabby. Not too shabby. <clears throat> so, great. That, that was, was a really fun fact. I, I just didn't know most of those. Yeah, so. that was fabulous. Love it. I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Especially because yes. I'm going to definitely watch a movie night, so all these facts <laughs> could be thinking about that. Okay, so next um, uh, segment is Odette's relevant research. I'm going to say rabid research. <laughs> Odette's rabid, rabid research. research. <laughs> okay, so a couple of things I did was one, I honestly want to look in the history of online dating. Because I thought, you know what, there's a lot of talk of it. So I found um, an article from eHarmony.com, History of Online Dating. Oh. Um, so it actually started back in 1959, believe it or not. So Stanford students... Online dating? Yes. I'm, I'm going to give you a, a timeline, so get, okay. get yourselves ready. 1959. Yes, I'll tell you. <laughs> Madeline is... Okay, but the skeptical. internet didn't exist. No, but listen, I'll, I'll describe to you. Okay. Stanford students Jim Harvey and Phil Filer... Thought, tried their hand at matchmaking while conducting a class project for the Happy Families Planning Services. U using a punch card questionnaire in an IBM 650 mainframe computer, Harvey and Filer matched 49 women and 49 men. Okay. So the idea so was the never first computer matched. Right. Yes. Okay. So well, that makes more sense. Yes. Yeah. So the idea. But that's not the internet. Yeah. But it used but online. That could use computer data. Yeah. yeah. No, online's the internet. But it used a computer. Yes. Okay. Yes. I get it. Yeah. That I can jive with. Okay. I'm sorry, the internet wasn't a thing <laughs> no, in no, 1959. Um, though the idea was never commercialized, it is noted as the first attempt at a matchmaking service. Well, okay. for sure. Yeah. 1965, Harvard students Jeff Tarr and Vaughn Morrill used a questionnaire in an IBM 1401 to match students based on their similarities. I think that we the should... social experiment was dubbed Operation Match, and millions of data daters, sorry, millions of daters used the service during the 60s, paying about three dollars to fill out the questionnaire. Oh wow! I think that we should include in stories a photo of an yeah. IBM. Oh yeah, these. Uh, what are these what, computers? What, what, whatever. Six fifty, and then. Fourteen, just the, the uh, listeners. Oh, one can, on this article can be reminded of of what those computers actually look like. Okay, so then from sixty five to ninety five, there wasn't a lot happening. But before in nineteen ninety five, before an online dating websites launched, the World Wide Web was, was publicly available for people to explore. In a quick succession, the most of the dating sites that we know today had registered their official domains. The term online dating is currently searched over one hundred thirty five thousand times a month. Which, for those of you who work in uh, marketing or understand that search volume, is pretty high. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> in 1998, email becomes an essential part of everyday life, with most people using it to organize, prioritize daily tasks. You've got mail. 1998 was also the year Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan started in the You've Got Mail. <laughs> <laughs> I love that it's included which in I know. this eHarmony. I know. Uh, which helped normalize article. the idea of finding love on the internet. In turn, messages became shorter and instant messaging, quote-unquote, allowed um, people to connect quicker and more conveniently. 2000. Uh, and this is obviously geared around eHarmony's start, too. Sure, so, Dr. Neil Clark Warren launches the online day service eHarmony with focus on matching compatible couples that are likely to have long-term relationships. eHarmony's matching technology utilizes the lengthy questionnaire, which was originally in excess of 450 questions, but it has been since reduced to about 150. It's still pretty long. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's long. Well, here's the thing. If you can't even fill out a questionnaire to find love, then you're not really serious about that. <laughs> oh, that's true, I guess. <laughs> I guess it, I mean, it takes more time than, like, 
Just like setting up a profile. Downloading the Bumble app. And just like throwing yeah, out pictures and a couple of prompts. Yeah. 2003, Dr. Anil Clark Warren um, launches the online dating service eHarmony with a focus on matching compatible couples that are likely to have long-term relationships. So it started out just kind of a matching service and then it launched into a relationship. Two people with internet connections can now easily hear and see each other, allowing online singles to connect even from miles away. 2004, the year of the social networking service, Facebook was invented by Mark Zuckerberg in his Harvard University dorm room, but wasn't started as an online dating service. Uh, service it has largely impacted how we connect and date using the internet. Oh, Moreover, sure. the inexplicable Facebook quote unquote poke became the flirting tool for the social site. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, in 2007, 3G and smartphones were introduced to mass markets, allowing online daters to take communication on the go. <clears throat> iPhone was particularly revolutionary at this time, and dating apps would soon follow. 2009. Um, in 2009, eHarmony started launching other dating sites, and then in 2012, location-based dating apps and the social discovery applications started becoming extremely popular. Swiping left and swiping right became synonymous with liking and disliking a potential match. By 2014, one app to cl claimed to record over 1 billion swipes per day. Wow. Hmm. There you go. And that, is, and that is the history of online dating in a snippet. Hmm. In the past 10 years, there's been way more websites than eHarmony. There's all kind yeah. of ones now. Mm -hmm. There's Facebook dating. There's like... Yeah, it used to be yeah. like eHarmony was, was like... That was the eHarmony and Match were like the, the two. Yeah. Right. And then, okay, there's OkCupid. Okay there's like... Christian um, Mingle. Christian Mingle. Oh, there's Plenty of Fish. J-Date. J-Date. <laughs> Does a J date exist or is that just from a movie? From a movie. Uh oh, <laughs> well, Morgan's never had online. I never had. She met her. Both her and Madeline have met their husbands. I'll say what people deem as the old-fashioned way, aka in person. In person. Although I will say, of the I dated my um, husband for three years before we got married, and in those three years, we were entirely long distance. So I benefited. I like literally he moved yeah. he came to where I was two weeks before the wedding and that was the longest amount of time that we had ever spent together was oh. two weeks before we got married <laughs> nice. in the in succession like the longest period in of time succession. In succession yeah. we had spent together and so FaceTime was like very influential yeah. smartphones internet was very crucial yeah. to our relationship my husband and I almost also almost entirely yeah we had a long distance relationship once once we actually started dating so it's crazy yes. that um, it's so accessible to do that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> it is so feasible. I mean, it's not always fun, but no. Um, I did find a uh, second article um, about online dating and the history of it, and they have some very fun little paragraphs. So, um, so this is back to like in the 1960s. Um, so as technology developed, so did the age-old meet-cute. Access to computers and the internet spiked during the 1980s and 1990s, leading to more people meet more and more people online. In 1995, the first world's online dating website was launched in the form of Match.com. Lonely hard for Joyce so they could now meet and flirt with potential matches without having to change their pajamas. Love it. And now 25% of married couples meet online. Wow. 25%? Mm -hmm. That's, wow. a, That's chunk. a chunk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's very, very, especially in like, I feel like in both like the age of like your young professional and mm -hmm. also like, um, an old, like 45, 50 plus kind of mm -hmm. in that range too. Yeah. So yeah. Um, okay. So that's the one, um, piece of history. The other one I did a little bit of research about, um, our author. And, um, so 
as we said, she resides in North Louisiana. Um, she um, has an, a BA in communications and a deep rooted passion for seeing, seeing women restored to truth. When she's not composing her next book or trying to prove that unicorns are real, Betsy can be found somewhere in the vicinity of an iced coffee. I get that. I drink iced coffee even in the winter. It's never too cold for iced coffee. Um, she writes frequently for iBelieve.com, a devotional site for women. That's cool. I just think that that's so fun. That's and neat. it's like, and it's a little website. We'll put a link in the story. So it's like um, a, a little uh, website for all kind of um, Christian topics and articles mm -hmm. and devotionals and stuff. Oh, so, yeah. Um, and then the other thing I looked up, which this was just me because I'm not in the medical profession at all, um, is that um, <laughs> what are the symptoms of mono? Just because I was oh, curious. Oh, interesting. Okay. okay. So, extreme fatigue, <laughs> fever, sore throat, head and body aches. Swollen lymph nodes in the, in the back of the neck and the, or sorry, in the neck and armpits. Swollen liver, spleen, or both, and Ooh. a rash. All right. So like worse, I've had worse, that. worse than a cold for sure. Yeah. You've had mono before in high school. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't remember that. Do you remember when I was out of school for like two weeks, <laughs> and I had to go get blood drawn like oh. so many times? I do remember that. It's because I had mono. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's And then everybody at school made fun of me when I got back, and I was like, oh, I had mono. And because it was called the kissing disease. It's still called that, yeah. Okay. The most, the, and the, so everyone the was like, way oh, get Morgan, it. who have you been kissing? And I got really offended because I was like, I haven't been kissing anyone. And I was so upset. And then I went home and I told mom, and I was like, everyone's going to think about a promiscuous woman, mom. That <laughs> <laughs> was, was my little, my little. High schoolers are ruthless. They're so savage. Christian we went to high, high school, school upbringing, oh. and mom was like, Morgan, no one's going to think that. Every, you're okay. It's fine. Who cares? Like, so everyone think? thinks that. Mommy think I've been going around kissing and got mono. <laughs> oh my At least there wasn't someone else in school who had mono, too, because that, especially a boy, that would have been scandalous. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, okay, so um, our next section is um, the swoon scale. Swoon scale? Is that our is next that section? God factor? Yeah. Do you, do, you, do you have a list of what a swim scale has not been added onto the list? So we I think we, we change do, it every I think, time. I think we do swim scale first. I think before so God because it feels kind of weird talking about God and then talking about and the then switch gears real quick. To yeah. Swim. So let's yeah. do swim okay. scale. <laughs> okay. I literally we so we decided that we were gonna do like kind of two thousand tens. Rom-coms, because um, it felt very appropriate. Because we've already done Meg Ryan rom-coms, so we can't right. do that again. can't do that again. But I literally thought of, and I couldn't think of one, Morgan literally had to help me. I did. With a rom-com and a moment from the rom-com. You're welcome. But I literally thought, while we were sitting here, of the perfect swoon scale moment oh. from a rom-com, but it is from the 90s, and it is very obscure, so... Most listeners probably never even. Okay. Oh, you're going to share it? I'm not going to do it, though. No, you need to oh, do it. Well, you have to do it. It's not too... It's from, like, 1991. That's okay. That's okay, because aren't you going to do your one nope. that you originally wanted to do anyway? No, but that's okay. Oh, okay. Well, but listen, that was just a suggestion. I think you could do a rom-com that's from the 1990s 40s. through... Well, sure. I mean, I... Sure. I mean, but, like, I think for this... Sure. I'm coming up with, with a theme, but go ahead. Just share it, because that's so Are you fun. sure? Yes, go yeah, for it. because it's literally perfect. No, go for it. If it's perfect, yeah, do it. Stop. Okay, well... <laughs> it's from this movie called Doc Hollywood. Has anyone ever seen that movie? Who's in it? Michael J. Fox. No. <laughs> Michael J. Fox and Woody Harrelson. It and, sounds really familiar. Um, oh, you know what I'm thinking of? Restaurant Doc Holliday's. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Very different. Very different. But same time period. Yes. Oh, the 90s. Um, so, little little preface. 
Madeline is nuts oh, for I'm Michael J. Fox. Oh, I'm nuts for Michael J. Fox. And I've always <laughs> been nuts for Michael J. Fox. So I've literally seen all of his movies. I think he's incredible and mm-hmm. like very talented. The the pinna- the pinnacle of like comedic inspiration mm-hmm. for me is Michael J. Fox. Um, anyways, Alex P. Keaton, Family Ties, if you know, you know. I know. I do know. Okay, so <laughs> in this movie, there's this. So Michael J. Fox plays this um, really stingy doctor who is. <laughs> have you seen this? I have seen I, this. I, I was yes. like, Surely Morgan's seen this movie. <laughs> this really stingy doctor who's like on his way to go be a plastic surgeon in Hollywood. But then he gets like sidetracked in this like small podunk town oh somewhere gosh. in like South Carolina, and it's it's not that great of a movie honestly. Um, but Michael J. Fox, so if you know, you know. Um, so there's this scene where he basically he like wrecks somebody's fence. So then he's doing community service as a doctor in their hospital in oh their gosh. tiny hospital because they don't have a doctor and they need a doctor. So of he's course, so, conveniently. So the town finds out that there's actually a doctor working, and so there's so many people because they all need a doctor. And there's this one scene. Anyway, he helps this guy with his foot or something, and this guy comes back, and he's like, Hiya, Doc. You know, I just feel like I need to pay you for your services. And he gives Michael J. Fox a pig okay. as like payment. A, like a, a no, like a full-grown pig. pig. A that, sow. That's a good payment. <laughs> As payment for for his services, right? Okay. Um, and there's like this gag throughout the whole film of like Michael J. Fox walking around this town with this pig, and everyone <laughs> saying, "Nice pig, Doc. As uh, a pig you got there, Doc. Love that pig, Doc." And he's just like, "Thank you." Why does he walk around <laughs> like a dog? Yeah, like on a leash. <laughs> Anyways, there's a, here's my spoon skill. Here's my spoon skill moment. Okay. He gets he he uses the pig as collateral because his car is like wrecked and he's trying to pay for his car. He uses his pig as collateral to pay because he doesn't have he only has he only has a credit card. He doesn't have cash. They take his car. They take his pig to the butcher shop. Okay. He meets this girl who has this daughter who loves pigs. Okay. So there's this scene and he's like trying to get into this girl's pants. Okay, he's like, he really likes this girl. <laughs> Finds out that her daughter likes, pig, like, has a thing for pigs. She loves pigs. So is, and it, is his daughter younger? Is, yeah, she's like four or five. Okay. Yeah. The scene so is, as more. soon as she says that to, like, Michael Trafalgar, the scene is just his face. And then it's a cut scene to him running down the street back to this car shop where he gave this pig and like yelling through the window, do you have my pig? And he's like, I took it to the butcher. And then he's running to the butcher shop. It's like, did you kill the pig? Did you kill my pig? That's my my pig. Did, did the pig get already killed? He hadn't gotten killed yet. Thank goodness. But it's just like this like, aww. Well... In Michael J. Fox's defense, he wasn't a total sleazebag. Like, he was really interested in this girl. Yeah. But it was just like, he was so, like, he found out something he could do to make her happy. Mm-hmm. And then he was that's doing hilarious. everything he could to make yes. it happen. That's amazing. And that's my smooth scale moment. Because I think that's perfect for this. Yeah. For this book. That's fabulous. I love it. I love and the smooth scale for listeners. Um, oh, is oh, yeah. in fact <laughs> reference. By the way, by the way, our spoon scale is zero to Colin Forth in a wet shirt from the 1995 film um, uh, Pride and Prejudice. Yes, mm-hmm. um, him coming out with the pond. If you know, you know, and we always post it in stories because why not? <laughs> because everyone should know. Because everyone should know. It's so funny that that was your spoon scale because my spoon scale is from the 2013 movie About Time, 
with Rachel McAdams. I love that I know, movie. Right? Rachel yeah. McAdams and Dom Hall. Dom Hall. Dom Hall. Dom Hall. Yes. yes. Amazing movie. If you haven't seen it, I would re- recommend it. Although I would say, because this is a Christian fiction podcast, there is some elements of um, sexual nature. So I would say guard yourselves and know that that might be what you're getting into. Anyways, um, but this it's this lovely story about this young man who finds out when he's 21 that his the men in his family can time travel. And so he decides instead of trying to use it for fame and fortune, because he doesn't really have a lot of luck with, with the ladies, that he's going to use it for... For, for love and romance and so what happens is though along the way so he meets Rachel McAdams character her name's Mary in the movie and the specific I'm setting this up because it's, it's important but he, he he tries to help his he moves to London after high school um, to um, <clears throat> I think experience because he lives outside of London um, so he moves to London with, with his dad's acquaintance who's this playwright long story short he decides to go back in time and fix something to help his dad's friend and in the meantime when he does that he messes up thing so he doesn't meet Mary. So then he remembers that she said she likes, um, uh, oh my gosh, like on the, uh, Kate Moss. She likes Kate Moss and there's this exhibit at a museum. So he decides to go to the museum every day just for, and just sits and waits for the oh chance gosh. of meeting her because she doesn't, she doesn't, she's never met him, but he doesn't, when he time travel, he still remembers things that happened. That happened yeah. And so there's this delightful, like, it's just this like caveat of scenes of like people are moving and it's clearly like day after day, you know, and then finally, and his sister even comes Kit Kat and hangs out um, with them for a little bit and like kind of watching for her. Um, and then um, eventually he kind of ends up meeting her and he kind of <laughs> is a little flummoxed and like awkward just because <laughs> it's like she, he knows stuff about her. And anyways, but they end up like then like falling in love. It's just delightful because it's the same thought of like that there was just something about this book that while there was swoony moments throughout of it, I thought the swoon scale for me was more the fact that it was this tension of like, I like you, I want to do something, I don't know, but I can make this grand gesture, but, I, you know, and on both characters' side. And so that's yeah. what I really enjoyed about it. And it's it's just that's this, fabulous. like, delightful scene of him sitting yes. in front of a cake. Just waiting. <laughs> just waiting. Waiting. And he's clearly, because he has, like, different clothes, and so he's clearly going day after day yes. with the hopes that he'll meet this woman named Mary. Because I don't think he know, knows her last name. No. <laughs> it's, like, early in the movie, yes. yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways. Lovely. And so that is my assumption. <laughs> That's delightful. That's perfect I've, too. <laughs> I've never seen that movie actually. Oh, it's really good. So good. I know. Um, okay, so mine is the 2010 movie Leap Year. Classic. Um, with I don't even know that guy's name. We're being honest with each other, but it has. I'll find it. Amy Adams. Amy he's Adams? he's yes. in he's in the later seasons. It's the same guy who's in the later seasons of Downton Abbey, right? Hmm. As someone who's never seen the later seasons of Downton Abbey, I don't know. Oh, is it um, uh, Matthew Good? Yep. Matthew That's Good. Um, so there's Swoon Scale right there. Matthew very Good. like, if you <laughs> I mean, probably ever, probably yes, yes, yes. <laughs> she's just chuckling. I'm just looking at pictures. <laughs> oh, no. oh my Anyways. god, he was in the movie Chasing Liberty. Do you guys remember that movie? Uh, yeah, that's an old movie. Oh, wow. Yes. With Mandy Moore, that's and it's throwback. like where like, her dad's the president, and yes. he's like the Secret Service guy. Yes, I do. I saw that in theaters, actually. I love nice. that. Okay. Okay. What's your moment from um, Leap Year? My moment from Leap Year, like super brief synopsis. She's like in Ireland to propose to her boyfriend, but then through a series of mishaps, she misses him and she teams up with this guy with Matthew Good to take her to du- Dublin um, to try to find her boyfriend. And of course, along the way, they end up falling for each other because her and her boyfriend weren't right for each other anyways. Um, 
But there's this great scene because I, um, yeah. So there's this great scene where they're staying at this bed and breakfast and they lie and tell the owners that they're married because the owners are like, well, no one who's not married is staying at our bed and breakfast. And they're like, oh, well, we're, we're married for sure. So they're like doing this like awkward pretending to be married <laughs> thing. And they decide for some unknown reason to cook dinner for everyone at the bed and breakfast. And so there's this whole, there's a hilarious scene where they're just like cheerily collecting vegetables from the garden and they're going to cook this chicken soup. And then Matthew could literally just cuts off the head of a chicken right there. And Amy Adams is horrified. (laughs) Yes. And he's like, where is it that you thought chickens came from? She goes, the freezer section at the grocery store. Um, and so, but anyway, so that whole scene to me was just like, it's just endearing and it's sweet and they're starting to like, they don't bicker quite as much in that scene and they're working together and it's just starting to show what a relationship between the two of them could be, um, to the viewers. So to me, that's kind of what this book was. Is it just like the beginnings of this, like not full on swoony swoon, but like good bones of a relationship and good working together moments. Mm-hmm. So I love that. That's my sweetest moment. Love it, love it. I love it, love it. So. Amazing. All right. Well, um, to mm-hmm. round out, should we talk about God Factor? Let's do it. Let's talk about God. Um, I, I guess I didn't have a strong God Factor in this. I think for me, it was probably, um, I mean, just like the whole... Uh, there's some definitely some I mean redemption stuff Absolutely. and then that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, like so um Rory has to have some pretty like intense healing with her like I mean between her and God obviously but like with her and her dad's relationship mm-hmm. like she's been so um so wounded in that area and And her ex Thomas too yeah she has to um get to a place where she's just not immediately bitter towards every single person that interacts with her ever but then also like forgiving her dad um and I think that I mean Jude has some similar stuff but Rory's felt a little bit more poignant um and I I thought that that was that it was well done. It was a believable journey mm-hmm. um, with that, even though you only saw her dad there kind of at the end. Um, I thought they did a good job of kind of showing how she she wanted to build something better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. and and how it's not necessarily always. It doesn't just happen mm-hmm. immediately. It's a process, and God has to work in you Absolutely. during the process. And sometimes it's still hard, but you're just kind of always moving in that direction. I think for me, that was a good, that was kind of what the God factor that stuck out to me was. That was mine too. I mean, uh, I think that's basically, Mm -hmm. that is kind of the God factor. I thought it was a little bit, I I liked the, that reconciliation between Rory and her dad a little bit more than I liked the reconciliation between Jude and Warner, because mm-hmm. that one to me felt a little bit like that's a little. Are you guys really okay? Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean. Like after you read that, you list, don't need yeah. to talk some more. <laughs> are, are you sure everything's also guys? Working, cool. Guys, that's get, true. Guys work yeah. with things way differently. Than that's what that's, that's valid. True. That's valid. So, yeah, similar to me. I thought that the redemption, even if like if it felt like moments, even of 
like Lori's relationship with like her admitting what she was good at and like being redeemed to like pursue her dreams Mm -hmm. and like not feel tied out of like kind of this idea of oh I have to do this for somebody else Mm -hmm. versus like what makes the most sense and like not feeling responsible for things that weren't her job to feel responsible like there was just so much redemption that happened too um and also I feel like it was the start for her of kind of a new journey and a, and a new life and also I did like the fact that it felt like a very redeeming moment at the end that she went after Jude because he kept trying and mm-hmm. she like kept yeah. shutting him down and then when she realized that he wasn't just using her and she wasn't just a pretty face to him and that he wasn't using Hannah and all this kind of stuff that there to her that it was like a full circle moment because she realized too that what really mattered to her was the fact that she could trust mm-hmm. that someone wasn't just going to use like her like her dad did and like her ex did and stuff and so yeah. love the redemption in that and I felt like it was in in my mind I would agree the Warner one and uh Jude you're like okay it felt redeemed and and, he, and even like his relationship with his dad obviously felt a little bit too but I think that part of it was is it also felt redeemed depending on the situation really well so I thought that like yeah. Yeah. it was it was very well done and very redemptive throughout it also something um I guess it it's kind of like a highlight slash yeah. God factor. Mm-hmm. But I loved this, like, just, like, little briefly, she said, like, after she, uh, after Rory discovered who, that Jude was strong for me in 99, and she, like, had this thing where she was like, I, 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 I've seen all of your good qualities and all of your bad qualities, like, and now I'm, like, face-to-face with all of them, like, all at once, mm-hmm. and, like, I don't know how to handle it. Like, I'm just, I'm overwhelmed with, like, yeah, it all being <laughs> laid out in yeah. front of me. Mm-hmm. Like, everything yeah. good about you, everything bad about mm-hmm. you. <laughs> and I thought that was really, um, I don't know how much of a God factor it is, more of just, like, a highlight. But I, I liked that because it's, like, um, I think that is an element of mm-hmm of to online dating that can mm-hmm. be like yes. not like where Great. people tend yeah. to lie and yeah. like just show the good parts about mm-hmm. themselves yeah um and mm-hmm. and like maybe why it doesn't work for so many people is because they're yeah. not willing to be vulnerable they're not willing mm-hmm. to to they don't want to show the ugly things about themselves yeah. um and so i i love that she that the author like made a point to like that's what's happening here mm-hmm. like she yeah. And it was so overwhelming to her, and she had to, like, work through this. And, and that's real life. Yeah. Like, you – we don't – when we choose a person, we're not just choosing to, like, love the, Only the them good on good days. Yeah. 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 Like, we're choosing to love them on bad days, too. Not mm-hmm. that we love their bad qualities necessarily. Right. But it's like you, you're you loving the, mm-hmm. that person in their entirety, not yes. just the good things about them. And yeah. um, I like that. That felt very – like a realistic thing, um, yeah, moment. Not like fluffy, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's real. <laughs> I have heard that some people's theory on dating is on a first date, you share the worst, like, thing that you're most, like, your biggest flaw you share. And so instead <laughs> of going in on the first date and sharing all the things that are like, oh, I want you like me, so this is what I do, it's like, what's your biggest... Like, what are some of your biggest flaws? And if you can get past that. So it's like reverse dating. So instead of waiting a while, but it's like, because part of it too is is like a theory, like if you get that out of the way now. You're really wanting to get to know somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what's the worst, you know? But like, in in the way that I've seen it, it's like you both agree to it. It's not like you show up to the date and you're like, hey, tell me your worst (laughs) flaw. Yeah. It's like, no. It's probably the worst thing you've ever done. Yeah. (laughs) Because also too, it's like. No. That like. (laughs) Thank you. 
no because um, also too it's like the worst in kind of what ways like worst habits your biggest flaw whatever right, right, but it's right. an interesting concept yeah um yeah. i feel like depending on i feel like i would definitely be willing to try something like that especially yeah. i want if it was a blind date no but if it was a date where it was like we were talking ahead of time or something like that and there would be a way for us to like hey what if we just like both said the thing that we're like whatever about you know what i mean yeah. like our biggest our biggest issues and the things that we're working on or talking about whatever and just like if you can accept the person for this then yeah. you can get to know the good and you're not filtering it through like because you are willing to be like okay what's the yeah. bad you know yeah so yeah because that's real life yeah. exactly and you don't just when you're dating a lot of times it's that you're really just trying to impress the other person and show the best side of yourself right, it usually takes a few time dating which is normal it's just like anything it takes time to then kind of feel safe enough to share the parts so what if you just like go all in in the beginning yeah. and see what happens and if they run away you're like well they would have done that anyways eventually eventually mm -hmm. yeah just would have hurt more yeah yeah exactly anyways um i feel like a highlight for me um was honestly just all the taco talk I really wanted yeah, tacos. Right. And here's the thing. It reminds me. So there was this taco truck um, in college where I went to school in Virginia. And there was this taco truck. And I, I don't know if it was actually called a taco truck, but that's what we called it. And it was, like, in this parking lot. And it was this blue truck. And, like, you could only get burritos and tacos and a couple of other things. And, like, there wasn't, like, oh, type of burrito. You're just, like, I like a yeah. burrito. No cilantro, cilantro. Like, that was the extent of yes. what you got to customize. That's, like, that's authentic. <sighs> it was Mexican so good. Burrito. And they only took cash. And it was just a delight. And it, it just, like, reminded me of food trucks. Yeah. And I have a – I love – food trucks. There was also a really good mm -hmm. um, grilled cheese food truck that I really oh, liked nice. called Nice. I think it was called Grilled Cheese Mania or something. I was it called nice. the Grilled Cheese Bucket? <laughs> the Grilled Cheese Bucket. I grew up in a restaurant. <laughs> I think Pizza Bucket. After Slutty Bob's, it's gonna be <laughs> Something Bucket. <laughs> oh my god. What if it was called Something Bucket and you just had a wide and you would switch out the type of menu all the time and everything always came in a bucket though? Anyways, <laughs> Morgan, <laughs> 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 yeah, um, do you have any highlights? Um, yeah, I mean, I loved all of the, um, actually really liked all of the movie quote talk. Mm. Um, yeah, I, one right. of the things that I also like in You've Got Mail is like the line where she says, you know, so much of what I see reminds me of something I've read in a book. Mm -hmm. And so I, like my husband and I, that is like, we talk in movie quotes or book quotes or whatever. Like mm -hmm. we're big book people, we're big movie people. Um, and so I always love whenever I see that on, cause they were both doing it yep. back and forth to yeah, each other. And it was sweet. really fun and endearing. And so that was probably a highlight. I don't think I really had anything overly problematic. I thought that maybe um, Madison, her character was, I didn't, I didn't like I don't know, like, it, it felt like the way, like, Warner treated her, the way Warner treated her was definitely bad, bad but sure. it also, like, I don't know, like, it just, there was a little bit where I was like, it felt like it maybe could have been done mm -hmm. a little bit differently, not necessarily, I don't know. Yeah. I, well, and there was that moment where it's like Jude was watching Madison and Mayor Witt, like, in line, yeah. and it almost gave the impression, like... They were like she was cheating on Warner. Yeah, it did, mm -hmm. and, then, and that was kind of weird. So then you just like it felt like her character was being portrayed one way, and then all of a sudden, oh, Warner's just like a terrible person to her, and then the next thing is, oh, all she's Warner's with Mayor Witt. Yeah. So it just like, and I'm not saying like I don't think she was her. We just don't know. So it was, was like she wasn't enough to, in the, yeah. the novel to really develop the character, and the moments yeah. it felt like it was kind of a little. But bit then different. so it, it did. It felt though. like she mm -hmm. was being like used as a plot device. Mm -hmm. but it felt like her character could have been fleshed out more mm -hmm. and probably should have 
if you're using the character for the plot device that you did. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe. So that to me was not really problematic, but that was one thing that I was kind of like, yeah, I didn't love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's really it Fair for enough. me. Problematic areas for you? No, I mean, I really just said it with the Warner and yeah. Jude reconciliation. Yeah. It was yeah. like, that seemed, I don't know, a little bit forced. Yeah. But... I mean, I I really I still really enjoy the book. Yeah, it was really fun to read. Yeah, it was very fun. It to was read. super. Fun. It read. And I know that I said this before. Who doesn't love you've got me out. And true. it read like a rom com. And yeah. I think I would say maybe I feel like for me the problematic. I had a little bit of hard time like following the plot of what Warner and Hollis were up to, and I felt like some sure. of it was because it was, muddled. Sure, it was sure. muddled, and it felt like it was like kind of like these big moments but then they actually ended up in my mind not being that big of a deal mm-hmm. but then also I was like I don't know if it's because like you would find out something and you'd be like I don't know what's up with that and then you kind of forget about it because then you get lost in the rest of the story and then it would like they would resurface you'd be like oh wait I go back to kind of what I don't know so yeah. like some of that felt a little bit disjointed maybe is a word to use mm-hmm. um and in the end though I feel like there was like clear intentions and there was like but some of it felt like over dramatized for the mm-hmm. sake of like the story versus like the mm-hmm. substance of it, but I, I really, really liked the book. I think it may have just, just been how it was split up in the novel too. That it because yeah. it, it didn't feel like when even things happened, I was like, okay, so you wanted to sabotage. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like right. it also was like, well, should you have been surprised? You like, right. why are you acting like this is a shock? Like, <laughs> yeah. you're yeah. whatever. Anyways, yeah. so yeah, exactly. Um, and that's. That's it. That's our, that's our thoughts. We had a lot of thoughts on this. We did. Long, but a little long. Yeah, Sorry, but that's guys. okay. Um, it's because it's also our uh, penultimate ultimate episode for season one. So get excited for our Christmas episode. Our Christmas episode. The finale of season one. Where we are reading, what are we reading? A King for Christmas <laughs> by Brooke St. James. Yeah. Cute little novella, mm-hmm. um, Christmas romance. So we're yes, really excited, we're excited. To, to share that. And um, yeah, thanks for listening as always. Email us if you are a fan of You've Got Mail and or tacos and both. Um, and if you have thoughts on the book or anything involving mm-hmm. uh, online dating even. Love Absolutely. to hear some stories. Yeah, love Ooh. to hear your thoughts. Oh. Any, any crazy online dating yes. stories? Because I have a lot that I can share that I don't share on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Follow us on Instagram at Redeeming Lit Podcast and be sure to subscribe on Apple or Spotify so you don't miss any episodes. If you have any questions or book recommendations, email us at redeeminglitpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, keep keep it lit. lit!